Hi, you're listening to Ready to Scale, the second season of That Really Happened. This season is focused on APS of real estate, asset, process, and strategy. Each guest on the show will reveal the assets they invest in and why they chose to do so. From multifamily to industrial, self-storage, mobile home parks, and more. Then, they'll uncover the processes, tools, and systems they've used to build multi-million dollar businesses. And finally, they'll uncover new, unique, and exciting strategies to invest in real estate. From co-working to buy and hold, fix and flips, co-living, and much, much more. Now let's get the show started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm Ellie Perlman. I'm broadcasting from sunny California. And today I want to talk to you about how to creatively make deals work during COVID. So it's not a secret, and I talked about it a lot on this podcast, and actually also outside of this podcast, about how right now it's not a seller's market, it's not a buyer's market, it's nobody's market, because we're a little bit in a bind right now where we have buyers that want to buy properties but at a discount, and sellers that want to sell if they actually want to sell now, but they don't want to give the discounts that the buyers think that make sense to be in every deal in order to make it work. So I always said that I thought that there were good deals to be done before COVID, during COVID, and there were bad deals even before COVID, obviously, and also in today's environment. So even with all that happening, you don't have a lot of deals and the deals that we find out there are actually, some of them are in the same price, believe it or not, as pre-COVID, which we don't buy, it just doesn't work. Or they have a modest one to maybe 3% price cut. So what we see in the market right now is that not a lot of deals are out there today. Some of them are off market, some of them are marketed, but you still can make the deal work if you are creative. And when I say if you're creative, I mean that there are multiple ways of adjusting your reality and adjusting the way you see the deals and how you approach deals so you can actually make them work. I would start by saying that I think that the fact that the prices haven't been reduced that much, and it might be too early you know, to tell, but that's a good indication that multifamily is actually a decent, a solid investment and it's recession resilient. And you can't say that about hotels and office and other asset classes that are not multifamily. However, it does come with some challenges because like any other investment, there's risk and risk needs to be defined in order to understand if this is the right price or not. Now, I would say this, the risk is not as big as it was, in my opinion, two, three you know, months ago, because we didn't really know what to expect. But now that we know what to expect, we just want to make sure that we buy the right deal. Now, if you see a deal that you think can work and you're almost there, it almost makes sense to pay, you know, X dollars for that or X millions of dollars, hopefully, for the deal, there's a way to make the deal work if you really want the deal to happen. Now, first and foremost, it has to be in a strong location, especially now. I don't think right now is the right time to really bet on the location or to take very aggressive approach when it comes to investing you have to be conservative and that you know i'm a conservative person 
I used to be a lawyer. Lawyers always think, what can go wrong and how can I protect my clients? And that's my mindset. And so I think today more than ever, the average household or the median household income, the school district, the fact that the tenants are basically solid tenants and that they can pay for, you know, they can pay their rents or you're not being left with 20% delinquency. I think that's really important. So if you find a deal in a solid location and you think that the deal may work, but there's still some things you need to do or things you can do to actually make the deals work. Now, before I get into the three kind of things that you can do, and I can't stress it you know, enough, I would say that you do not, under any circumstances, compromise on your underwriting assumptions. What I mean by that is don't underwrite the deal with four, five, six percent year over year rent growth. Because guess what? Most likely it's not gonna be the case because rents could grow but at a slower pace. And right now with COVID, it could be zero percent, it could be one percent. So don't compromise on assumptions and be conservative. When it comes to your value out plan, you have to understand that you might not be able to renovate all the units starting at day one, like you theoretically could do six months ago and a year ago. So what I'm saying, being creative in order to make the deal work, not about the assumptions. The assumptions should be as conservative as possible. But here are three things you can do in order to make the deal work in COVID time. So the first thing is that, as you know, lenders are not the same like they were pre-COVID. So one of the things that lenders are requiring now are very high up reserve. And it can be nine to 12 months, depending on the lender, of debt payments in advance that they want you to put in an escrow account. And some guys are thinking, you know what, we're going to increase the capital that we're raising. Instead of three million, we're going to increase, let's say, three and a half million dollars. Now, that could be the right thing to do, but it will impact your returns because you're raising more capital than the deal actually needs. And so one creative way that I've discovered to actually make the deal work is say, you know what? We budgeted, let's say, $750,000 for capital expenditure for, let's say, renovating units, improving the landscaping, maybe do some power wash, maybe fresh paint. And there's money there that normally the lender doesn't cover that you're raising that basically investors are paying for and we're using that for CapEx. And so what you can do is say, okay, I'm not going to go crazy and try to renovate all the units in year one, you know, because most likely you're not going to be able to rent them as quickly as you could pre-COVID. And one thing you can do is allocate some of the CapEx budget in the escrow account for the lender for the debt payment. So it means that you're just changing your strategy a little bit to stretch out the works you want to do. So instead of doing most of the work in year one, you can basically distribute it over a few years. Now, by the end of year one or after nine months, you're going to end up with the same amount of money because as you make payments, the lender is reimbursing you from the account or they're basically taking the money from the escrow account or you're paying them directly and they reimburse you but after 9 to 12 months, if you're buying the right deal, then you should end up with the same 
CapEx budget, you're just moving the money a little bit. Make sure when you do that, that you have extra money that you're not using 100% of your CapEx budget, that you have more money sitting there because there are always unexpected expenses that you want to account for. So that's one way of being creative. You allocate part of the CapEx budget instead of raising more capital. Now, the second way of creatively make the deal work is basically to say, listen, usually I take 2% acquisitions fee. Usually there's a 70-30 equity split. And now we're in different times. So maybe I'm not going to take 2% acquisitions fee. And I know all my syndicator friends are, you know, not going to like what I'm going to say now, but we're still making money even with lower fees. So if you need to lower your fee from 2% to 175, you're making less money, but it's better than 2% of zero of no deal, right? So I would say be more flexible with that. The same way that investors are now willing to get 7 and not 8% cash on cash like they did get before COVID, you should be okay with getting a little bit less on the fees. And I think you shouldn't, I mean, if you're not greedy, if you still want to make money and make the deal work for everyone, that's one way of doing it. The same goes with equity splits. So you can change the equity splits between, instead of 70-30 between investors and the sponsor, you can have 80-20 perhaps. I'm not saying it should work for everyone, but it's another way of saying, you know what, I'm going to make a little bit less. My investors are going to make a little bit less, but it's better than not doing a deal. And I'm okay taking a little bit less so my investors can actually make decent money. And that's one way of making the deal work. The deal is good, but basically investors are getting a little bit less because we maintain the same balance. And that's one way of basically doing that. And when I'm talking about equity split, I'm basically talking about splitting the profits from the property between investors and sponsors. So a 70-30 split means that 70% of the income goes to investors and 30% goes to the sponsor. During the sale, you can maintain the same split or change the split. It's up to the sponsor, but you can play around with those numbers to make sure that the deals actually work for everyone. So try not to be fixated on, you know, certain equity split or on certain fees because with a little bit of adjustment, you can actually make the deal work for everyone. The third thing that I would say about making the deal work is getting a collections guarantee. And I talked a little bit about it earlier. So basically, when you're underwriting a deal, you're taking into consideration if you're conservative, that collections may drop a little bit in the next 6, 10, 12 months because you should be expecting just to be on the safe side that unemployment is going to increase and more and more people are not going to be able to pay their rent. But if you go to the seller and you say, listen, let's take the last two or three months, the average of the rent collections, let's say it's $100,000 on average, and for 10 months, if we get below $100,000 in collections, we will get paid by you for the gap for the difference. And that was very, very common back in 2008. And then you're able to underwrite for a minimum of that collection level. And that can help you basically make the deal work. Usually, you know, you have to show that you did 
whatever you could to collect the funds. So you're not just sitting back and relaxing and not really trying to collect. And the money should sit in an escrow account. And it could be part of the sales proceed that you put in the account. So for instance, if you're buying a $10 million deal, you can say, hey, a million dollars is for 10 months of $100,000 or maybe half of it because you don't really expect 0% collections. And that should stay in, in an account and we're going to release it to you once 10 months are over and we collected at least the average of the last three months. I heard of a case where the money was in an escrow for collections guarantee for something like two years or 18 months. And in that case, the buyer was willing to pay 4 or 5% interest rate to the seller because they just wanted the money to be in the account for a little bit longer. So there are all kinds of ways to basically mitigate the risk and lower the uncertainty or kind of diminish the uncertainty. And that would be the third way of making deals work in today's environment. So again, I started by saying that you should not be compromising on your assumptions. You should be conservative, but you can use upfront reserves to pay for the upfront reserves debt payments from the CapEx budget and just delay the work that you want to do you know, with the property by 9, 10, 12 months until you get that money back from the lender. You can lower your fees and get a smaller equity split. And you can get a collection guarantee from the seller. So you're basically, you can guarantee that for the next year, you're going to get X dollars, you know, and that should pretty much eliminate the uncertainty, at least around the collections. That's all for today. That's basically how to creatively make deals work during COVID. If you have any questions for me, feel free to reach out to me. My email is ellie at ellieperlman.com. And that's it, guys. Be bold, be great, and keep moving forward. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.